coronavirus is sweeping the world, which is unprecedented for most of us. I say most of us because most of us are really aren't we really aren't old enough to remember any kind of significant tragedy in our lives. Some of you, many of you do remember 9-11, but even that was was so long ago. And we live at the speed of the Internet. And and so what was bad is it really only runs a 24-hour, 48-hour news cycle, and it is washed away by all the good times and prosperity and fun times that we are experiencing. And I am speaking primarily in America, but there is no question that we are living in the most prosperous time in human history. I mean, global pro- poverty is is down. Prosperity continues to rise, and the perks and promises of an entitled culture, well, it's at an exponential level. And it, I think it's important for us. I mean, I am old enough to remember a, a lot of very difficult times, and I, I do appreciate the prosperity that that we are experiencing today, but I do remember the poverty, and I do remember a lot of adversity and a lot of personal suffering. But I think for many of us, it is important that we remind ourselves that ultimately we are living in a fallen world, a place where no person should put their hope. And so I have a couple of questions for you in this Life Over Coffee episode. The first one is, how do you respond when the realities of a transient and cursed world take over the headlines? And then how are you reacting to COVID-19 or what we are calling the coronavirus? The overarching question for you today is, how is the hope of God stabilizing you during this this pandemic. Welcome to the Life Over Coffee podcast. I am Rick Thomas. I'm so glad that you have joined me. This is an emergency episode. I I historically have done one Life Over Coffee podcast a week for the last several years. This is episode 233. I have the next episode of Life Over Coffee dropping tomorrow. It is 232 is scheduled to drop tomorrow, but I was asked if I would do a podcast on the coronavirus because it is the thing that is dominating our lives presently, and I thought, well, I need to respond to this request, and so I'm inserting this podcast, episode 233, The title of it is Coronavirus, God, Our Dwelling Place in Uncertain Times. Now, I took this title right from my pastor. Uh, We had church today, and we had church the way a lot of you had church today. We, We had it not in the building where we normally meet. Our church canceled the church services because of the coronavirus. Well, let me state it in another way. We canceled the church services as far as meeting in the building, but the church did meet today. We met all over the county. I live in Greenville, South Carolina, and so our church church had no service today in the building due to the coronavirus, and so we watched the sermon online And so my family, we gathered in front of our television today, and our pastor preached a sermon from Psalm 90. Now, in these show notes, episode 233, I have a link here to that sermon. 
I would encourage you to watch it. If you need some encouragement, then you need to watch or you can listen. You don't have to watch. You can listen to the audio version. You can also get a full download of his notes from the sermon that he gave this morning. It's on Psalm 90. It's the uh, message from Moses about God being our dwelling place. And so what I'm going to share with you today are my sermon notes from my pastor, from our church, as we met all over the county. Now, you can go right to the horse's mouth, and I, I would... I would appeal to you to do that because he's a much better speaker than I am, much more intelligent than I am, and so I'm going to give you the watered-down version of his sermon, and you're welcome to listen to this podcast. But if again, if you want to, if you want to hear the hear the straight version, go to episode. 233, Coronavirus, God, Our Dwelling Place in Uncertain Times. Click the link here in the show notes, and you can watch or listen to our pastor's sermon on Psalm 90. He gave us the entire uh, psalm during the sermon. There are 17 verses. And so what I'm going to do in this podcast, I'm going to read uh, to you all 17 verses from this message from from Moses, and then I will make some brief comments and then have some application at the end. My hope is that you will find encouragement. I know that these are unstable times. We all get that. And some folks are really struggling, some with panic, others with anxiety, lower levels of panic and and fear, and you, you're, you just don't feel stabilized. And so what I want you to think about in, in this podcast episode is that God is our dwelling place during un, unstable times. Verse number one of Psalm 90 says, Moses is talking. He says, Lord, you have been our dwelling place in all generations. Verse number two, before the mountains were brought forth we're looking in eternity past now. God, our dwelling place in eternity past, before the mountains were brought forth, or ever you had formed the earth and the world from everlasting to everlasting, you are God. God with us is a theme throughout the Bible, not only in eternity past, not only in eternity future, but God walked with Adam. And then he asked Moses in Exodus 25, 8, to build a tabernacle in the wilderness because God wants to dwell with us. Jesus came, and in the Gospel of John, we learn that he tabernacled with us, God with us always. Eternity past, eternity future. He he walked with Adam. There was a tabernacle in the wilderness. Jesus tabernacled with us. The Spirit of God abides in us today, and we're heading to the eternal dwelling place, who is God, and it transcends this temporary home where we live in our disposable tents. The tension with most inhabitants of the earth is to overly focus on their temporary home while expecting more and more of the blessings, the entitlements, the benefits 
of living in the most prosperous time of the human race. I'm susceptible to that, and so are you. And you don't have to put yourself on some kind of imposed guilt trip because you are enjoying things like you've never enjoyed before, especially if you're my age. You do know the difference between what it used to be like and and what it's like today. I remember when my grandmother, you know, she you've heard this term. They, they talked about the good old days. She looked at me dead in the eye. Several decades ago, she died when she was almost 99 years old. She said, Ricky, those days were not that great. Those good old days that you talk about, they just weren't that great. Well, we are living in the good old days. But Moses is warning us in Psalm 90 that God is our dwelling place. God is the place. He is the one where we want to be. And whatever we do enjoy in this life is temporal. Listen to these words. It's temporal. It's cursed. And ultimately, it's unsatisfying. No matter how you try to convince yourself, and again, I don't want you to impose guilt, unnecessary guilt, enjoy the luxuries that you have. Praise God for the internet. Praise God for Wi-Fi. Praise God for instant coffee or whatever it is that you enjoy. Praise God. But it's still temporal. It's cursed, and ultimately it is unsatisfying. The coronavirus is merely one way for us to recalibrate our hearts to the Lord. And so Moses is reminding us, Lord, you have been our dwelling place in all generations before the mountains were brought forth, or or ever you had formed the earth and the world from everlasting to everlasting. You are God. In verses 3, 4, 5, and 6, we learn that the earth is a transient dwelling place. Listen to how Moses talked about it in verse 3. You return man to dust and say, quote, Return, O children of man. Verse 4, For a thousand years in your sight are but as yesterday when it is past, or as a watch in the night. You sweep them away, in verse 5, as with a flood, they are like a dream, like grass that is renewing in the morning, and then in verse 6, in the morning it flourishes, and is renewed in the evening, it fades and withers. The big point here in verses, Psalm 90, verses 3 through 6, our dwelling place is transient. This life disappears fast. A walk through in any cemetery reminds you that our lives are nothing more than a dash between two dates. If you go out in the cemetery, just look at the markers. You see it. For me, I was born in 1959. We talked about that this morning as we were watching the sermon. Now, one of the blessings of watching the sermon online, I'm not making a case for this, but I will have to say it was compelling to to not have to get up and go to a to a church building i mean this social distancing thing maybe it has a perk please don't let that settle into your mind too deeply because you may disconnect yourself from the community of faith but we were able to maybe what we need in our church services is we all need remote controls and we can just stop our pastor from talking and then and then we can uh, chat a little bit about the sermon, and so I I push pause on my pastor. I kind of like that idea, and then I was sharing with my children that that 
my dash or, or the first date is 1959. And then there's a dash. And then, of course, we were all pondering. It was kind of a surreal and morbid thought is when the end date would be. I think we settled on uh, 2030. And so my dash between the two dates is going to be 1959 to 2030. But as we walk through the cemetery, we are reminded that life is fast. It disappears fast. We're here today. We're gone tomorrow. The language that Moses used, a thousand years, is as one day. Or one watch, a Jewish watch where they guard is is a three-hour period. A Roman watch in the New Testament time was a uh, a Jewish watch was four-hour period, I'm sorry, and a Roman watch was a three-hour period. I think I got that right. But then he says, we are swept away by a flood. It's a dream, Moses says. It quickly passes, or a fading flower that withers before the heat of the sun. Every parent reminds us how quickly life passes when they walk another child down the aisle. We even invoke cliché speak when we say, life is short, or you can't take it with you. What Moses is reminding us is not new news, though there are times when it's wise to ponder the brevity of life. And this coronavirus has has sent me to that place. And it's not a bad place to think about the transience of life. A transient dwelling place is what, what Moses is telling us. And then point number two, Moses is teaching that it's a cursed dwelling place. Verses 7, 8, and 9, he says, For we are brought to an end of your anger, Lord. By your wrath we are dismayed. Verse 8, you have set your or set our iniquities before you, our secret sins in the light of your presence. It's like standing on stage and the spotlight is shining down on you. In verse 8, again, you have set our iniquities before you, our secret sins in the light of your presence. Verse 9, for all our days pass away under your wrath. You hear these hard words, anger, wrath, iniquity, secret sins. We are, our days are passed under your wrath. We bring our years to an end like a, like a sigh. Point number one, we, we live in a transient dwelling place. Point number two is a cursed dwelling place. Our dwelling place is cursed because of sin, evil, immorality, and oppressiveness. The Lord stands in opposition to human depravity. Coronavirus is only one outcome of our fallen world. Now, some people will, and they have, overly focused on on an individual, a person, or a nation, as though they what they did is the primary cause of what is happening to us. Well, it's a secondary cause, not a primary cause. The primary cause is that we live under the wrath of God. We live in a cursed dwelling place. Now, we want to understand the reason for the coronavirus. We want to create protocols so that we don't repeat this tragedy. And so I'm not minimizing where it began, how it began, even though some of that is mysterious now. But I'm not minimizing that, but I'm saying that's the secondary point. The most significant point to ponder is that we are under a curse Coronavirus is a sign of brokenness, fallenness, depravity. 
we live in a cursed world, our first course of action should be repentance. We live in a cursed world, and we need God's intervening intervening power and grace every moment of our fallen lives. This is episode 233. The title of it is Coronavirus, God, Our Dwelling Place in Uncertain Times. I'm sharing with you my sermon notes from the message that our pastor gave today at our church. Well, I'm not sure when he gave the message. Uh, Probably a couple of days ago, they video recorded it and then uh, put it on our website, uh, on our church's website, so that uh, we could all listen to it. As the church gathered throughout the county, or maybe a few counties where we all come from, and we gathered in our remote places and we watched the sermon uh, with our families, with our friends. And again, if you want to watch this sermon, you're welcome to do that. And it is an encouragement as God is recalibrating a nation. He is recalibrating a culture to remind us that this dwelling place that we live, as much as God wants to abide with us, this is a transient dwelling place. It is temporal. It disappears quickly. Not only is it transient, but it is a cursed dwelling place. And though we want to understand how this coronavirus happened, and we want to create protocols to to make it not happen again, the primary thing that we need, the first thing that we need to think about, the most significant point to ponder is that we are under a curse. This transient culture, this transient world that we live in, it is a sign. Coronavirus is a sign of brokenness, and so our first course of action must be repentance. A transient dwelling place, a cursed dwelling place, and then point number three, a difficult dwelling place. Moses says this in verses 10 and 11, the years of our life are 70, and even by reason of strength, 80, yet their span is but toil and trouble. Sounds like Job doesn't. As the sparks fly upward, our days are full of trouble. And Moses is echoing this in Psalm 90, that even if you live 80 80 years, the span is toil and trouble. They are soon gone and we fly by. Verse 11, who considers the power of your anger? and your wrath according to the fear of you. Our transient and cursed dwelling place is is difficult. Our days are full of trouble and difficulty. The Lord does not hide the ball when it comes to suffering and persecution. Pain and oppression are real. And the Lord is clear about the result of fallenness. Self-sufficiency and entitlement do not insulate anyone from the curse. And screaming louder will not bring resolution to what is really going on, the curse. Prosperous people, you and me, I mean, I, I know that my audience is not the wealthiest people in the world, but we are wealthy we are living well. Virtually all of us are living rather well. And prosperous people need a sound and, and practical and, 
and wise theology of suffering. I talk about this regularly throughout our ministry, a theology of suffering, understanding God correctly in suffering. Prosperity and personal preferences are perks of good times, but pain and persecution never take a holiday. Nobody can insulate themselves from the cursedness of this world, and the humblest thing to do is acknowledge reality. The reality is it's a transient world, it's a cursed world, is full of difficulty. We need to acknowledge the reality of our world, even as we enjoy some of the benefits, and we need to beg the Lord for mercy. And so the big question here in these three points from Psalm 190, We have a transient dwelling place, a cursed dwelling place, and a difficult dwelling place. The big question is, what can we learn? In light of our transient, cursed, and difficult earthly dwelling, it's vital to learn and apply a few things from the teaching of Moses. Well, as this text continues, verse 12 through 17, there are at least three things that our pastor brought to light, and I want to share those things with you. Three application points from Psalm 90, starting in verse 12. Number one, prioritize your life. Prioritize your life. Verse number 12, Moses said, so teach us. Lord, teach us to number our days that we may get a heart of wisdom. Will you ask the Lord to teach you to number your days? Oh, Lord, I want to sit in your school. So I know that I have limited days. I want to number my days. But more than numbering my days, I want to prioritize them, to use them for your fame and the good for, of humanity. We need wisdom from the Lord to prioritize our lives, to do more than make money and build kingdoms in this transient life. Verse 12, so teach us to number our days that we may get a heart of wisdom. Now, there have been many excellent examples of this in recent days. We live in a capitalistic culture in America. And people decry that. They really do. That capitalism is bad. But there have been scores upon scores upon scores of companies that have been setting aside the opportunities of materialism, the opportunities of capitalism for the sake of saving lives. That's a good thing. I know it's hard for many. I know that folks are are suffering in a way that they haven't suffered before. But it has been encouraging to see that there are people making hard decisions because they are prioritizing what is most important, the making of money or the saving of lives. Here's the point for you and me. The decisions we make during crisis reveal what is most significant to us. What have been your decisions over the past few days, over the past few weeks? What do you hope your decisions will be over the coming weeks? Lord, will you use this time to draw my heart from the things of this world and teach me the wisdom of living for your fame? And so one application point, prioritize your life. Number two, live in satisfaction 
verse 13 says, Return, O Lord, how long have pity on your servants. Verse 14, satisfy. That's why this point, live in satisfaction. Satisfy us in the morning with your steadfast love that we may rejoice and be glad all our days. Verse 15, make us glad for as many days as you have afflicted us and for as many years as we have seen evil. You want the Lord to give you a love that satisfies. And that's why he says in verse 17, of verse 14, rather, satisfy us in the morning. Is it possible to be glad? While living in a cursed world, Moses is asking the Lord to satisfy us in the morning with the love of God, which leads to all day long joy. Listen how he says it. Satisfy us in the morning with your steadfast love that we may rejoice and be glad all our days. Think about this. When your first response in the morning is for the Lord's satisfaction, you are positioning yourself for a day, all day long joy, all day long hope in the Lord, which will impact your spheres righteously. The overflow of your love for God should be contagious. The love of God stabilizes you during times of crisis. Early in the morning, God enables you to reach out all day with wisdom and care that is redemptive and practically helpful to others. Christians have access to a power that not only satisfies them, but spreads to all those within their spheres. I love verse 14. Satisfy us in the morning with your steadfast love that we may rejoice and be glad all our days. Application point number one, prioritize your life. Application number two, live in satisfaction. And then finally, application number three, as I close this podcast, multiply your work. Verse 16 says, let your work be shown to your servants and your glorious power to their children. Last verse, 17, let the favor of the Lord our God be upon us and establish the work of our hands upon us. Yes, establish the work of our hands. You want the Lord to give you multiplying work. The word favor in this verse is the overflow of the kindness of God through Christ that is on you. And in light of this favor, you can take the mundane things in this life that you do daily and establish those works in the lives of others. He uses the word establish twice in verse 17. I want you to notice the double use of the word establish in this verse because it is in contrast to what he was saying earlier about transient things, the fading flower, the dream that goes away, our short life. But now he's talking about establishing something. You see, the Christian life is counter to how the culture lives. We are different, and we spread a different kind of response to those around us. The way you respond to others will live on. It will establish something deep in people, not just in this transient dwelling place, but you can affect eternity too. 
Episode 233, Coronavirus, God, Our Dwelling Place in Uncertain Times. Coronavirus is real, and its impact is measurable. But God's Word has an answer that abates our fears, reduces our anxieties, and impacts our culture with practical gospel initiatives and applications. Here are two straightforward application questions that you can take from the message of Moses as delivered through our pastor this morning at our at our church at our church meetings as we met all over the place. Number one, what does it mean to have God as your dwelling place in a transient world? That's a question that we talked about among our family today. What does it mean to have God as your dwelling place in a transient world? What does it look like in the mundane, familiar, common areas where you live? And then number two, in what ways do times like these highlight your earthly dwelling, reminding you that your tent is transient? There are difficult times, and you have experienced hardship, but how does the love of God satisfy you even in your sorrow? The enemy enemy wants to disrupt and discourage you, but Moses wants you to know there is a better way, a surer way, a pure dwelling place that you can experience even in our fallen world. You have been listening to Life Over Coffee with Rick Thomas. If you have a question for Rick, you can let him know by sending him a note through his website, rickthomas.net. That's rickthomas.net. Thanks for listening. Enjoy your coffee.